Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Dubai this time. But I have a good friend with me that's on uh, from India. I've been working together with him for a long time. Um, I'm not going to mention his name for security reasons. He's been on our podcast before, uh, but we're going to keep his his name unmentioned on this podcast. I'm so excited about having him back on to our podcast. Hey, brother, are you there? Hey, so good to be uh, back on the call. Yes, it is. It's good to hear your voice, brother. Thanks for joining us. Can you still hear me okay? Hey, brother. Yeah. All right, great. Hey, uh, I, I know that because you are in India at the moment, we might have some technical issues with the recording, so I'm going to let you speak as much as possible. Basically, I wanted to ask you onto the podcast so that we could talk about um, the marriage situation. You brought this up. Many Christians, when they're praying for India, they don't realize this is a challenge for Christians in India. It's not easy for young, single Christians to find suitable partners. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Tell me about the challenges that are happening in India. Yeah, thank you. It's a very interesting topic. Thank you for uh, because on uh, Dig Dash, our favorite free site, we were discussing a lot about it, and uh, I was getting very good uh, response from some of the uh, members over there. And uh, of course, India is a patriarchal uh, society where our parents, our elders, uh, play a major role in. Uh, uh, all major decisions. So rather than individuals, it's all about uh, family, uh, clan, tribe, caste, uh, and uh, all things associated with it. Uh, coming to believers, so we many times we come out of these uh, 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 customs and system, and when we become part of a, a family where we don't look at the color or language or we don't discriminate or we don't uh, put people uh, you know in high pedestal or uh, uh, you know based on the uh, caste or the family which you belong uh, we don't discriminate uh, but at the same time uh, the believers are attached to their families uh, we don't separate them from their communities from their uh, uh, people groups uh, so the relatives are always, the parents are always looking for, uh, uh, you know, the reason to, uh, you know, somehow uh, take back the uh, people back to their traditional customs. As, uh, you know, once the believers realize that uh, they cannot associate any longer with uh, uh, 
idol worship or uh, things related to their religion they have come out uh we pray and look for a suitable uh, groom or a bride from a believing background many times it's a big challenge it's not easy for us to find a uh, suitable uh, uh, person to get married to so the responsibility comes to the elders the people who lead them to Christ um so it's a big uh, prayer uh, issue or uh, it becomes a major uh, concern for the uh, family of believers so basically yeah. one of the things that if i if i hear you correctly basically there is a there is the the traditional way in india for young adults to get married and um correct me if i'm wrong it's basically arranged marriages arranged by the families is that correct yes so, even now maybe almost 80 percent of the marriages are uh, arranged by uh, elders or parents um, you know our youngsters are not uh, uh, you know enjoy that much freedom of course you know, it's a global, uh, uh, a lot of uh, openings or globalization took place and uh, we have opened up. Our people, are Indians are working all across the Middle East and Europe and Western countries. But still, when it comes to uh, marriage and uh, major decisions, the parents decide. A lot of uh, things go behind it, the property and the... Uh, uh, investment the uh, parents uh, make in the, uh, the lives of their boys so they expect to uh, return uh, through dowry which they expect from the girl's family at the moment the girl is born in family uh, they start collecting money ornaments, gold, jewelry all that you know the, from the day a girl was born they are preparing for the future. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, like uh, uh, one day she has to leave her family and then uh, she she need to have a lot of money. We have to pay the dowry. So the preparation goes from the beginning. So it all comes around back to this decision of uh, choosing a life partner. And uh, people don't... Uh, Overall, in uh, you know, people don't uh, give much respect to people, uh, youngsters who marry on their own or uh, of their choice. That's true. Still, uh, uh, eighty percent of uh, uh, marriages are arranged by family members. Uh, was your marriage arranged? Uh, no, <laughs> that is. Uh, uh, Long story, uh, partially, uh, you know, it is a love uh, marriage, but again, uh, we had to wait for our parental approval. So that was the final. So we felt that we knew that, uh, uh, you know, like uh, I will marry this girl and she was waiting for a person like me and we met, we attracted and our friends. Uh, you know, we're part of it. Still, uh, the final 
agreement was if it is from the lord and if uh, uh it this will happen only if both our parents agree and it happened in my case also <laughs> so was there any payment that needed to be that went back and forth but you know for your marriage uh no, no. and uh, uh in our uh, ministry we strongly uh, teach against uh, this dowry system and uh, we go against all these uh, dowry and uh, caste system and we teach them uh, very clearly that uh, it's uh, this tradition is uh, it's a bondage we need to break it we don't encourage that uh can you can you just really so quickly you break. don't you don't have to you know give us a whole class but what is wrong with the dowry system from a christian perspective what is wrong oh. with the dowry system uh, so many, you know, the it all uh, comes with the uh, traditions that we were a part of earlier. Uh, where uh, uh, in Bible, of course, we know uh, we see, uh, you know, Jacob uh, to Laban's family, uh, Elias giving gold ornaments, and from the boy side, the girl is receiving uh, gold and uh, gifts and all that thing. Uh, but uh, uh, in uh, India, especially in the southern part, uh, the, the tradition is adopted from the non-Christian cultures, where the, uh, they bargain, even including the Christian leaders, pastors, they are part of this negotiation. How much you will give along with the girl? So... Uh, Partially responsible for, uh, you know, like uh, keeping the system going, arranged marriage, so that the, uh, oh, the, oh, you know, it's a, it's a uh, complicated uh, mindset where they, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I'll cut short from there and I'll jump to this. A lot of infra uh, uh, female infanticide that takes place in India northern parts and southern parts the main reason they consider a uh, girl as a burden the moment uh, they realize that it's not the boy it's the girl that means it expenses expenses we have to spend we have to spend and finally to get her married off to a good uh, family we have to pay we have to take care of uh, the marriage expenses and we have to give a a uh, four-wheeler or a two-wheeler or a motorcycle or a bicycle according to the uh, uh, financial status, they need to pay. They need to give uh, utensils, uh, dresses uh, for the whole uh, um, uh, family and relatives. They have to give dresses. A lot of expenses involved in that. So they see that from the day one, the day the baby was born, uh, instead of... Uh, uh, thanking God, they are thinking about the uh, counting uh, pennies from that time onwards. So, after they become believers, I know that there's a certain situation in India where maybe the family is not believers. So, they're, I mean, according to the message that I got from you, many of these young people, they feel isolated from their families. They're removed from their communities. They're rejected by uh, their society when they become Christians. And so they are put into a different dynamics, and some of them feel lonely because 
um, you know, you don't have the system that is in place in the same way for young people to meet each other. I mean, I don't know. How is dating? How, how do you guys look at dating uh, for Christians in India? Is this acceptable, not acceptable? How, how is this viewed? It's a, a, a quite a opposite view in the rural uh, background and uh, in the cities. In the cities, there are more opportunity for young uh, people to interact, uh, communicate. Uh, but whereas in a rural community, uh, um, for young people to interact, it's a big taboo. It's, uh, it's a big no. Uh, unmarried people are not uh, supposed to uh, meet and talk with each other uh, and uh, they don't uh, they they it's uh, you know it's a big uh, sin in rural communities so they are always uh, watching uh, especially even when it comes to believers uh, they uh, some of the you know like challenges we face uh, they say oh these uh, Christians are westerners they bring in Western values. Even before marriage, you can uh, boys and girls can live together. Uh, they have no problem. They uh, just like the Western movies. There is free sex, and uh, you can have liquor. You can have uh, beef. You, you have to eat uh, meat. Uh, you will become a non-vegetarian uh, because it's all part of this religion. So we are fighting against uh, all these and also trying to bring a balance. No, we don't. We are not against the culture. We are not. Uh, we are not promoting a, a sinful life or a promises life. Uh, our God is the uh, holy God, and uh, but uh, we, you know, like a uh, lot of challenges. One way we are trying to share gospel, and uh, uh, at the same time, in the new communities where uh, believers are minority, there. Uh, bringing in these uh, youngsters to a place so that they can meet each other, many times it's a big challenge. But uh, there are uh, areas where we arrange uh, special uh, uh, counseling sessions or uh, camps, uh, but mostly it's an expensive affair because it has to be far from the, uh, you know, peeping eyes of their uh, community elders or relatives. Uh, it has to be a secure place where these gangsters can spend time together and meet and uh, talk to each other or uh, then uh, pray about uh, somebody specifically. Uh, again, uh, we don't call it dating or uh, but uh, giving them opportunity to uh, find a suitable partner. I, my heart goes out um, because when I heard you, you know, ask for a prayer, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is because you were asking for your heart has gone out as well. You you've seen these young people struggle because they're lonely. They want to have a mate. They want to have someone to love and love them. And they are finding it very difficult to be believers in certain communities where it's not possible to date. It's not possible to to um, find somebody outside of an arranged marriage type of system and so they are finding it difficult to find someone to meet someone to to fall in love with someone um i have to say i, I would rather be arrested tortured beaten and killed 
than to not find love. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I had not thought of that before, that this is one of the challenges that a young person takes on in India when they become a believer. This is torture. I mean, uh, when I was young, I don't know why. I mean, I, I might fall into the category that many of the old, more rural Indian people believe about Christians are, oh, they're just like, uh, they're, they're, you know, dating everybody and seeing. I don't, I grew up in a rural community, a conservative community. Um, but I have to say, I don't think wild horses could have kept me away from girls. I, um, I would have found any reason to be around them, whatever I had to do uh, when I was younger. And when I heard you tell the story about these young guys, young women, uh, I just I was crushed. So that's why I wanted to bring you on to share about this because this is something I don't think our supporters think about. I don't think I think about that much. But this is a huge challenge. Yeah. Uh, thank you uh, very much because it's a real burden and uh, uh, I, I mean uh, I really I do promote uh, Ding Dash in the way uh, because that's where you know like some of these uh, real uh, things that presses our heart as leaders uh, when we interact with these uh, young uh, men and women and uh, we see their situation and we don't have answers. I'm, I'm still, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, like uh, I'm trying to uh, really balance uh, all these things. Uh, you know, like they are very good believers, strong believers, and uh, they're really honestly praying for a suitable life partner. And uh, and we have uh, communities. Uh, you know, like uh, they're all uh, scattered in uh, different uh, places. And uh, in the last two years, it was quite uh, difficult or uh, it's uh, challenging for uh, people to gather. Again, the situation is getting, uh, you know, like not easier. Uh, they have a special uh, monitoring uh, programs going on, how we meet, where we meet, who we meet, uh, how we... Uh, you know, like uh, support ourselves or how we pass on, how we are still managing, you know, especially overall uh, the people who oppose are quite uh, perplexed because still uh, in spite of all these challenges and uh, persecution, the church is growing and uh, we are finding it uh, so interesting, you know, like uh, baptism is taking place in different modes, different places which we never thought of people come up with ideas and uh, uh, we just go and uh, having baptism. So uh, on one side, that pressure is increasing, but internally, uh, I'm really thankful to you for, uh, uh, you know, like uh, understanding our situation uh, so that people can uh, pray for us. Uh, you know, uh, there are certain ways we can uh, gather them. Again, we don't want to bring attention to our young people who are uh, uh, new believers or families, not fully saved. Uh, they need to give a lot of answers, you know, like, uh, uh, why you are uh, away for uh, so many days, where you are going. Or, on the other hand, uh, the parents or relatives are putting pressure on them to get married to a non-Christian uh, girl from their own community. They have their, uh, there are a lot of uh, youngsters uh, in the, you know, like they call it the marriage market. 
they are available so these uh, relatives bring uh, additional uh, burden on uh, our people oh uh, you know like uh, oh we have this girl here we have this boy and your boy is of uh, same age and uh, why don't you you know so then again the discussion of faith comes out and then they look to us how do we defend uh, in this position uh, can we marry a non christian should be um, so you know like uh, hope you understand how from one angle to other angle it's all going in uh, circles uh, yeah we need a lot of prayers in this situation we will definitely be praying for you let me ask you a question um is there any ideas or is have you had any thoughts how to solve this problem uh we are working with uh, some mainland uh, churches uh, they have visible uh, presence they have uh, uh, structures uh, they have several uh, uh, programs that are running uh, by the way that's the place where uh, you can people oppose uh, us are uh, watching carefully who are these uh, new people or uh, people who are not from christian background are they attending any of the meetings or programs so one area what you know like uh, we have already we are already networking with uh, uh, some uh, mission organizations with uh, visible structures and programs uh, where we can gather some of our young people for uh, interaction uh, that's the one thing that i present we are working on i'm i'm as i'm listening to you i'm just wondering would there be a need at all or would this be scandalous in india uh, if we set up like a specific kind of group on dingdash where young single christians from india could sign on and and meet with one another online or do they already is is that already available like in different chat rooms that are uh you know on instagram or facebook or twitter or i don't know what you have in india that is like that um is that is is that a solution or is that just add more problems uh see you know like uh, just like uh, any other country is even uh, india uh, see of course when we travel to some of these cities when we travel together we have big gatherings when breathy youth comes we have there are places pockets where uh, there is uh, we enjoy freedom like uh, real open country there are places where we uh, hold uh, public meetings we announce and uh, do things uh the challenge when it comes to house churches and the first generation believers they are still uh, uh, not uh, uh visible to uh, uh most of the uh, people who are actually uh, targeting us so bringing them out uh, we need to uh, you know like uh, be careful to expose them to social media or things like that and uh, on the uh, on other side uh, they do use uh, mobile phones they have access to uh, internet and others but uh, uh, we we need to educate them uh, how to use that phone i know that's the reason already we are hard pressed on uh, several uh, ministry initiatives uh, now uh, first we have to 
educate them how to use uh, uh, all these uh, different available social uh, media platforms to find suitable people mm, of course you know i never thought about it until you mentioned that uh, yeah i didn't either the, i'm just my i i'm i'm listening and i'm for me my mind always immediately whenever i hear challenges my mind always goes to okay so now what is the solution uh of course we can pray but i'm always thinking that you know will prayer stimulate thoughts and will the, can those thoughts become visions and can those visions be you know enacted can 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 they be manifested into something that's tangible um one of the one of the things i wanted to ask you is uh you were saying that once uh, a young person gets saved and and they're no longer a part of that system of of family arranging you did allude to something that i've become familiar inside with inside of china which is the pastors or or clergy members or leaders in a church they often become active in uh selecting uh the the new person that uh a, a person that has just joined their church would be married to uh there they then become responsible for arranged marriages this is a big thing in chinese churches is it the same in india or indian pastors uh our leaders in the church do they assume the role and start helping to arrange marriages have you ever arranged a marriage oh yes definitely uh, that's the way uh, things are uh, moving forward uh, you know like we uh, even the whole family you know like the whole uh, church whether it's a small house church or a network of house churches uh we become uh, parents to them we need to uh, take care of uh, uh, you know i mean we do uh, take the role of uh, their parents uh, even the other churches they do take care of uh, that situation so they do take ownership of uh, the people yeah okay so basically uh, you you find you you have a young person uh, in your church Uh, walk me through it. What does it look like when you're arranging marriages? How how does that work? How does that happen? Oh, uh, you know, in uh, one uh, particular, because one of our leaders who um, he's twenty uh, seven now, uh, from his community background, uh, most of them they get married, uh, um, you know, like uh, around sixteen or seventeen. uh not many will wait for uh, to become 18 year the boys uh, get married uh, before they uh, you know like uh, reach 18 uh, so now 27 means uh, he is uh, 10 years behind the uh, rest of the uh, uh, his uh, tribal uh, community so uh, in the last 4 uh, years oh, okay uh, uh, just we, uh, if i can just to- interrupt just for a second so young boys in the area of the young man that you're talking about now they get married at the age of 16 and 17 that's common yeah it's uh, common i i um, love it in, uh, i love it i think i i mean i think that that's with the teenage hormones uh and your you know i mean you're still developing as a as a young man but i love this idea that you can get married at that i know that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast cussing me out right now saying that no you're too young for marriage i don't believe so i remember back when i was 16 17 i actually proposed um a, to a young girl and i was ready for marriage 
at 16, 17, I was ready. So I, I, <laughs> I will break with a lot of Westerners on this and say, I love it. Okay, so this young man is now 27. He's about 10 years behind the, the curve. Continue going. Yeah. Yeah, then uh, for the last uh, four years, uh, you know, uh, we uh, went and met uh, several uh, girls, several families. Uh, many times the parents agreed. Uh, then the girls, uh, they didn't want a, a person uh, who is, uh, you know, like going from place to place and who is not uh, staying in one village and earning his uh, uh, living uh i mean like uh, even uh, our girls they have uh, their own preferences uh so uh, like that we have uh, many instances where uh, you know on the, on the community side they cross the uh, marriage age uh so still uh, then uh, some uh, places uh, what we uh, see is uh, you know like uh, uh, we we are believers we are following Christ. Uh, we took uh, baptism, uh, but when it comes to marriage, we want our traditional uh, 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 all the ceremony uh, so that we don't lose our uh, privileges in the village or we don't lose our inheritance from our family. So this is another challenge. Uh, all these areas. Though as parents, spiritual parents, we uh, stand with them, but all these decisions uh, individuals have to take. Uh, sometimes taking, uh, you know, like accepting a girl or accepting a boy uh, from a believing background and two believers coming together also means they lose their property and privileges, even their uh, caste uh, status if they... Uh, publicly pronounce that they are believers. Wow. Uh, can I ask you, is it harder for young people that are Christian in the north of India or more difficult in the south, or is it about the same? Uh, it's mostly about central and uh, north India. It's a big challenge. Yeah, I would, I would think that would be a bigger uh, challenge just because I know that the majority of the Christians that I have met in India, for the most part, not all of them, but many of them come from the South. The South is more well-known in India for the number of Christians. Is that, is that somewhat accurate? Yes, that's, uh, that's uh, true. And also the education uh, and the financial uh, status of uh, believers and the new believers, they are... Uh, uh, more on a higher side uh, where these uh, believers can defend themselves and uh, the um, education level is uh, very high. Even parents are understanding. Relatives don't oppose uh, oppose in the way uh, these uh, our North Indian counterparts uh, are opposed by their community leaders. This is this is something. This is a topic that I I mean we talk about in the West, but it's 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 so different uh, in India, and I'm so glad that you were able to come on and share a little bit with us to highlight this prob problem, to also explain the culture a little bit so that as Christians pray, they can be more informed with their prayer. So I want to let you know that we will be praying for you. If there's any way that we can, you know, help with this situation, this is something where my heart would be into it just because I, I feel that uh, this it could be one of the most 
challenging parts about accepting Christ for a new believer, for a young person in, in India? And I know that might sound a little bit contrite for a lot of listeners, like, come on, really? That's the same as being put in prison? I, I would say yes. Put me in prison in love and I'll, be a sm- I'll have a smile. Put me out of prison without love and I, I, I would rather die. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I, I, I am so happy that you came on. Thanks, brother, for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, by the way, when you uh, shared that, you know, like I always look for solutions. Suddenly, a uh, thought passed through my mind. Thank God, it must be from God. Uh, I never thought about uh, making a digital file of uh, all these uh, uh, bio data we have from different uh, networks and different people, and circulating even through emails or uh, other media. Uh, I never uh, thought about it until uh, you mentioned that uh, you always look for solution. So it crossed my mind that, oh, why I'm not looking at for a solution in uh, uh, this the way that is possible. Thank God. Uh, I'll work on that. That's the second way, uh, you know, as a result of this uh, podcast, I'll be compiling uh, and also encouraging our co-leaders to compile uh, uh, several profiles and uh, circulate in uh, our circles. Oh yeah, Thank I you. love it. And and if we can be any help of that, just let me know. You know, we have our own servers now, uh, so that we can keep things mm-hmm. secure. Um, we can also create a special area of Ding Dash that is right now. Ding Dash is completely open for anybody to use uh, at any time from any place mm-hmm. around the world. But we can create special locked areas where only a certain number of people are allowed if they want to have their own mm-hmm. group. Um, so that is always there at your disposal if you want to use that. But brother, it was it was great talking with you. Thanks for joining us on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. Thank you, thank you. I really enjoyed. Thank you so much for the prayers. Thank you for standing with us. Uh, we really uh, encouraged by your uh, prayers, presence, and involvement in. Uh, many aspects of our ministry. Thank you so much. Love it. All right. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. And I want to thank you for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Joining us once again, I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Dubai. God bless you.